That was great, guys. Thank you all for sharing. It's great to have the whole band back. I know during the summer some people will be out, but uh, it's great to have the whole, whole band leading us in worship. We had a great week this week at Vacation Bible School. We had a great time, and, and uh, some of you got to cruise by and see it. Some of y'all were fixing crafts or, or working with snacks or a lot of different things. I'm excited about today's message because... When you talk about Father's Day, you get to kind of reminisce a little bit. And um, so y'all can get to hear some of my uh, stories about when my kids were little. You know what I mean? Because uh, that makes it kind of fun. But in 1977, uh, where were you, Mark, in 1977? You're in high school, so you're younger than I am, aren't you? Okay. In 1977, I had just finished high school, and I was driving over to Georgia Southern in September to go to college. And as I was driving, my dad was driving behind me, uh, helping tote some stuff. And so got into my uh, dorm room there and at Georgia Southern. It was called Oxford at the time, and it was right beside Eaton. Sounds very prestigious, didn't it? It's kind of like some of the old, worst dorms that we had. But anyway, um, I remember getting moved in. And as my dad was about to, to walk out the door, he said, um, let's pray. I was like, okay. So I'll never forget um, my dad praying for my safety and for the guidance of the Lord in what he called, you know, my dad, I'm a junior, so he'd say little John's life or whatever. And then I remember him hugging me and, uh, and then he left. And as I think about my dad and think about yours, I'm convinced that no dad stands taller and no dad is stronger than when he's on his knees praying. And so that's why I've titled this Father's Day's message, uh, A Praying Father. And hopefully it'll be an encouragement to you, uh, whether you're a dad or, or whether you're not a dad, okay? Look at our text. Look at Luke. If you've got a copy of God's Word, open to Luke chapter 11. In Luke chapter 11, we're just going to work through this passage this morning, okay? So we're going to start with verse 1. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples to pray. And I want you to think about this morning. Have you ever asked somebody in your life, to teach you how to pray. And you may go, well, preacher, everybody knows how to pray. Well, these disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. So evidently, everybody doesn't know how to pray. And uh, has there ever been somebody in your life when you were growing up that you admired and you just were kind of drawn to their life spiritually and you thought, man, I wish they'd teach me. I wish I could pray like they did. And you ask them to teach you how to pray. I grew up over in First Baptist Albany, and I don't ever remember asking that question of anybody. I would imagine the majority of you probably haven't either. But I want to ask you another question. Has anyone, have any of your children ever asked you to teach them how to pray? 
Have, have any of your children seen in your life something so attractive, so dynamic about prayer that it's so much a part of your life and that your life flows out of your prayers and out of your relationship with God that your own children came to you and said, Daddy, will you teach me how to pray? My, my children never did. They never came to me and said, Daddy, will you teach us how to pray? But again, these disciples saw something in the life of Jesus. They saw the connection between his ministry and his living and his praying. And so they come to Jesus and they say, teach us how to pray. And so, listen, you know what I believe? I believe this morning every one of us desire to be a praying daddy, a praying father, a praying parent. You know what I believe? If we desire that and we ask Jesus to do it, what do you think Jesus is going to do, Roger? He's going to listen to us, isn't he? I'm just making sure everybody's alert this morning. So your name could be called. Just stay alert. It's just a teaching technique. My wife says don't do it, but I can't help it. Okay? All right. Listen. He'll teach us. So let's learn a lesson on being a praying parent or a praying father this morning. Look at verse 2. He said this, when you pray, say what? Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. So he says here, first, a praying father knows God personally, calls him father. You know, um, it's interesting. Uh, several years ago, I was in the market for a new suit. Okay, And so as we went to this store, I was just amazed because this person was so professional. I mean, he was like, you know, he wasn't pushy, but he was so professional. I mean, like when I was trying to get this, he said, well, let me measure and just double check and all this kind of stuff. And so he measured and then he found the suit kind of like on this rack and he kind of looked at it. And, and then he said, well, you know, it's a little long, a little short, whatever. I mean, he was just so professional. And... Um, we got the suit altered and picked it up in a week or two or whatever, and everything went so great. Well, about a month later, I get a form letter from him. And he's letting me know that their store is fixing to have a sale on suits. If I want to get another one, come get it. But you know, I didn't write him back. I didn't write him back, and I didn't thank him, and and nor did I pick call on the phone and say, hey, thanks for letting me know about that sale. Man, I really appreciate that. That means all the world to me that you'd be that considerate and that caring. I didn't, you know, matter of fact, I never went back to the store. And I didn't go back and say, man, you are the best salesman ever. Well, let me ask you this. Why do you think I didn't have an ongoing conversation with that guy? Well, it's going to be a long sermon. Exactly. I didn't know him. I didn't have a relationship with him. I didn't know him. I mean, you could be the greatest suit salesman in the world, but in five minutes, you're not going to get to know somebody. I didn't feel, I didn't know him, so I wasn't going to have an ongoing. You know, we really don't have very many ongoing conversations with people we don't know, do we? No. <laughs> we don't. Think about that. You generally don't have extended conversations with people you don't know. And Jesus said, when you pray, say what? 
Father, Father. Address God personally as your Father. And, you know, let's just be honest. We're not going to talk to Him as our Father if we don't have a personal relationship with Him. Okay? Some uh, may have grown up in church all their life, and you've heard about this personal relationship with God, and you've heard about salvation, and you've heard about an intimate walk with Christ. You've heard all, everything. Matter of fact, you may have been taught it. You could even teach it. Okay? But just like, so for instance, just like people who do professional counseling and yet are divorced. Okay? So what, I mean, just because you talk to people about how to keep a marriage together, does that mean you necessarily know how to keep a marriage together? No, not necessarily. And the fact that you can talk about God and lecture about God, preach about God, teach about God, not, does that necessarily mean you have a personal relationship with Him? Not necessarily. Hopefully you do. So a praying father has a personal relationship. So daddies, can you sincerely call God this morning your father? And of course, we know the way to get to know him is by simply bowing at the cross and receiving Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. That's how we become God's child. So a praying father knows God personally. But also the second thing we see in this text is that a praying father depends upon the father. Look at this. I would imagine it's very seldom that you pray verse 3. You may, but I would be surprised. Verse 3 says, give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. See, a praying father depends upon the father. Do you realize this morning that everything you have is a gift from God? Now, wait a minute. You say, hey, hey, no, no way. God doesn't give me these good grades in school. I work for them. Now think about this. Why do you have the physical ability to sit in a classroom? Which it is kind of boring to sit there, isn't it? And listen to somebody talk to you. Isn't it hard? It's kind of hard to listen to me, isn't it? Sure. Okay. So to sit there. What if you didn't feel, uh, what if your stomach was upset? What if you were sick? Could you, would you have the ability to sit and to learn? No. But you just assume you're always going to be healthy, right? I'm always going to be healthy. Billy, you always healthy? No, you're not always healthy. You're not always healthy. You know, once you live, if you get to be up a little bit, you realize you're not always healthy. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, give me the strength to live. Men, you know, you, you, know, you might say, listen, I built my business. Nobody gave me anything. I was talking to a farmer the other day, and, and, you know, he was letting me know it's not just hard work. Neil, what does it take? I wasn't talking to Neil. It wasn't Neil. But anyway, what does it take to be a good farmer today? It ain't just hard work. It's what? Well, you got to have a little smarts, too, don't you? 
I mean, you, to be honest, you've got to have a little smarts. You've got to know when to sell that cotton and when not to sell it, when to buy it. I mean, it's not just go out there, work hard, make cotton, and sell it. I mean, this, there's a lot of, you know, it would help to probably have a little education. Okay? So anybody who stands here and says this morning, oh, I did this all on myself, I mean, you may actually believe that, but it's not true. <laughs> That's why he said a praying father depends on God. Give me this day my daily bread. And he also prays for forgiveness. And to be honest, there are a lot of guilty fathers this morning. And the reason we're guilty is because we sin. And a lot of times we don't know what to do with our sin. So we, if you don't know what to do with something, what do you do? If you receive like a magazine, okay, um, you know, a running magazine, and you're like, man, I don't know what to do with this. What do you usually do with it? Set it aside, right? You set it aside. You know, you get, some, you get a letter and you're not sure what to do with it. Maybe it's about your medical needs and you're not sure what to do with it. So what do you do? You don't, most people don't just throw it in the trash immediately. You kind of go, well, I'm not sure what to do with this, so I'm going to set it aside. And what happens to most of it? If you go to most of our homes, we all have this what? Stockpile of stuff. Okay? And most men, and women too, but most men, we don't know what to do when we sin. If we blow it, what do we do with it? Well, if you don't know what to do with it, just sit it aside. You know, just kind of sit, keep going on, going on. And then what happens is you get a stockpile of sin. And it's blocking your relationship with God. And you're like, well, well I don't know what to do. I just keep, I'll just move this, you know, now get me a, a front end loader or something and move it aside, whatever, you know. And, and Jesus says right here, he tells us what to do. Depend on the Father. Lord, forgive me. Forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who sins against us. And we've got to be able to forgive our children, spouse, those at work. Depend on the Lord and pray that he not lead us into temptation. There are plenty of temptations around. Let's move on. A praying father we see. Look at verses 5. And following, he says, then he said, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. And because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him the bread because he's his friend. Yet because of this man's boldness or persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. A praying father persists in prayer. This is hard. It's hard to keep praying for something that hadn't happened yet. Probably one of the greatest illustrations of persistent prayer are our kids. Okay, I can remember many times getting up at whatever, 6, 6.30 in the morning, and I'm thinking, okay, I've got to get up, I've got to get a shower, I've got to get to work, I've got to do whatever. And all of a sudden, I hear, Daddy, milk! Daddy, milk! And I think, why did he wake up this early? You know, and I, and I kind of go in there and peek, and I think he'll go back, lay his head back down and go to sleep, and he's going, Daddy, milk! Daddy, milk! And I'm like, I think I'll just go and shave. You know, so while I'm shaving, he's still going. 
Daddy, milk. Daddy, milk. So instead of getting in the shower, what do I do? I go to the refrigerator, get out that whatever. We Back then it was infamil. We get out this infamil, put it in the microwave, get it to a temperature, check it to make sure it doesn't scald all this tonsils, whatever. All right, then pick him up, put him on the sofa, put the bottle in his mouth. Yes, I was a great parent. Cut on the TV, 6.30 in the morning. Y'all, at that time, Sesame Street was on. I didn't believe it came on that early. Maybe it was reruns or something. Okay, and then I could go get a shower. Now, why did I do that? It wasn't because, oh, I woke up, I just love you, Luke. I just want to spend some quality time with you. No. It's because it's persistence. It was his persistence. Okay? We respond because our children are persistence. We may look at it as like childish nagging, but Jesus in this passage is encouraging us as fathers He's encouraging all of us, be persistent. Don't give up. Now, what does that mean as a dad? It means you're praying for your son. You're saying, Lord, this boy is growing up fast. He'll be in sixth grade next year. Lord, soon after that, he'll be a teenager. Lord, he's going to be faced with tremendous pressures today. Guide him, Lord. Guide him. A praying father's persistence. He says, my daughter, she needs your attention. Lord, she's so obedient, but she's also so shy. Lord, help her develop confidence in herself. Lord, help her to desire to, to interact with other people instead of drawing to herself. You pray that prayer. And then the next night comes. What do you do? Lord, I'm convinced this boy of mine, he ain't got good sense. Lord, for a 12-year-old, I'm wondering if he's going to make it all the way. I don't know if his elevator goes to the top floor. He drove my snapper mower yesterday over that route, bent the shaft, and now it's going to cost me $500. And Lord, after that, he weed-eated so close to my fruit trees that he girdled them, and they're not going to really thrive now. Father, in four years, this same boy is going to ask for the keys of the car. <laughs> Work in his heart. Work in his life. Give him wisdom. Give him a sense of responsibility. Help me to model that. Help me to teach that, Lord. And oh, Lord, my daughter. I talked to you about her last night, but tonight I'm really concerned about our new friend, Mandy. Lord, I know you want us to love all your people. Red and yellow, black and white. They're precious in the sight. Lord, I know you want us to not go just by first impressions, but it's hard sometimes, Lord. I don't want this young girl to have a negative impact on my daughter. I know I can't choose her friends, Lord, but bring her a friend who will have a positive impact on her life. See, I can imagine you and I praying thousands of prayers like that for our children. Does God get tired of that? Does he say, man, Jim, would you hush? I'm tired of hearing you pray like that. No. He's telling us here to be persistent. 
He's encouraging us to be praying fathers. Look on in verses 9 and 10. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Here's what Jesus tells us today. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. You just do the praying. I'll do the answering. I want results now. He says ask. But sometimes you've got to seek. Sometimes you've got to knock. Sometimes it takes time. Just keep praying. He wants, he's encouraging you through this passage of Scripture by saying, listen, I am listening to you. I'm hearing the cries of your heart. Keep praying. Keep talking to me. Look at verses 11 and 12. And just to assure you, we're not going through the whole Bible, okay? I just don't want you to think we'll be doing this forever. Okay. Verses 11 and 12. Which of you as fathers, if, you, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks you for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Listen, it's a beautiful promise of God that he will give us what we need as fathers. It was six months ago. Let's see, September, I guess it'd be what? Nine months ago. Nine months ago, I was standing right at that desk, right back there at that sound desk. My phone rings. Six o'clock on a Thursday night. We're having to celebrate recovery, so we're making sure everything was ready to sound. Phone rings. It's Luke. He lives in Marietta. He said, Dad, I've just thrown up blood. What do you think I ought to do? Now, my son, since he was one year old, has been being followed by Emory University. So, the doctor's there. So, a logical thought was, son, go immediately to Emory's emergency room and let him check you out. Soon as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, what, it's 6 o'clock. It's where? It's Atlanta, Georgia. He's in Marietta. And I don't know if y'all, this means anything to you, but anyway, you know, it's, he's got to get to Decatur. It's rush hour traffic. I said, if he's got to bleed, he could die on the interstate. That's a stupid suggestion. All this is going through my mind in about 30 seconds. Call your son back. Tell him to go to the nearest ER. So, don't call him right back. Son, cancel the idea. That first idea, go to the nearest ER. Man, you talk about asking God, what on earth do I give this child advice? Here I'm here, he's up there, he's in an emergency situation. There are thousands of needs that we face as dads. Thousands of decisions we face as fathers. God will give us what we need as fathers. Just think about it. When your children were little 
and your little boy comes up and says, Juice, Daddy, juice. I would assume you go over there, get the juice. I wouldn't think there's a dad in here that said, you know what, I'm going to fool this little kid. I'm going to get the juice out of the pickle jar. Put it in there, and when he sucks on this thing, I'm going to just see how he reacts. I don't think there's a dad in here that would have done that. Okay? It would have crossed your mind to do something like that. When our kids cry out to us, you know, for, for something, we're going to lovingly meet their need. I can remember when my son, and I, I, I was convinced that Luke was going to be like the greatest baseball player ever because, man, he could just throw a ball. But this is when he was three or four when we were using those little pillowy kind of balls. It was like a football that was kind of like a little pillow or a baseball that was like a little pillow. You know, I would have never, when he was that little, I, I would have never taken a hard baseball and said, you want to catch? Here, wham, you know, and throw a hard baseball at him. And he'd go, you know, you wouldn't do that to your child. You'd never do that. And look at what the text says. If we, if we, are evil, and we are kind to our kids, what is God going to do who's full of love and grace? Listen, Dad, God is committed to giving you what you need to be a praying father. So let's give God credit. If we are smart enough and kind enough to treat our children, if we cry out to Him, isn't He going to respond to us and our need? And finally, let's look at this last verse, verse 13. If you then know though you're evil, how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? God will empower the praying Father. God will empower. There's a, there's a gift He desires to give to every father. Many of you have that gift. Probably the majority of you have the gift. Some of you don't. Do you know what that gift is? It's the Holy Spirit. Inside of every father this morning in this room who has prayed and trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, maybe they came to this altar when they were a little boy, right here. Maybe they were standing right over here. Maybe they took the preacher by the hand. Maybe they were in another sanctuary. Maybe they were at a youth conference, whatever. But every man who prayed and invited Jesus into their heart, the split second they did that, you may not even be aware of this, the split second you did that, Christ forgave your sin. He took your sin away. But then the Holy Spirit of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God came to live inside your life. God has given you that gift. He's given you the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower you to be the Father that will honor God, that will pray, that will be dependent on God. He's the one. He's the one that also gets any credit for what happens through you. 
your business. It goes well. He gets the credit. He's living through you. He's giving you the kindness. He's giving you the discipline. He's giving you those fruits of the Spirit we studied this week in VBS. He's manifesting Himself in and through your life. The Holy Spirit lives in you. So I invite you this morning, if you've never begun that personal relationship with God, I invite you this morning in the quietness of your own heart to invite him in. We got just a second. I want to mention this. Most people today, when they get engaged, don't just look at the girl at their side and say, you want to get married? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Most people today, when they get engaged, they like plan it. You know, they're like, okay, we're going to go to this dinner. We're going to do this. You know, they, they plan this thing. So I want to encourage you, Dad, if you've never invited Jesus into your life, okay, I want to encourage you tomorrow to plan Put on your calendar a meeting with God. I want to encourage you to get up early. Treat yourself to Cracker Barrel or anywhere your favorite place to go eat breakfast. And then, if the weather's nice, go to wherever you want to go. Fullwood Park. Go wherever you want to go. And say, Lord, I've... I know there are a lot of people that walked the aisle and gave their heart to you. I know there are people that have prayed in Sunday school and gave their heart to you, but I'm going to give you my heart right here. And it's in wherever. You know, it's at Fullwood Park. It's at the, your farm, whatever. It's a place, and you're saying, Lord, I am giving you my heart, and, and, and it's June the 16th. It's when you ate breakfast at Cracker Barrel at 6.30, 7.30 a.m. in the morning. And I'm committing my life to you. Thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. And I want to experience not only your forgiveness, but the power of the Holy Spirit living through me. I challenge you to do that if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life. Dads, I know all of us who have trusted this morning, we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to ask God to make us a praying father. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, this time of commitment now is all yours. You're the one that is the focus. We ask you now to speak to our hearts. If any of us right now need to give our heart to you, let's not delay. Father, if any of us right now need to confess sin, Instead of stockpiling it, let us confess. Lord, if any of us need to yield our hearts to the, to the Holy Spirit, allowing you to be in control rather than us taking control, let's do that now. Lord, now is the time of invitation and decision. In Jesus' name, amen.